This is a Federal News Network podcast. When it comes to implementing modern software development techniques, one of the Defense Department's biggest problems has been its own budgeting system. It turns out agile development doesn't fit neatly into the procurement, R&D, and operations buckets the military uses to buy weapons. But Congress looks like it's ready to expand DOD's use of so-called colorless money for software. And defense officials think that will be critical to future acquisitions, as long as the department doesn't abuse its new spending authority. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has the details. There's no telling exactly when Congress will approve full spending plans for the fiscal year that starts next week, but DOD has good reason to believe the final package will include permission to continue its experiment with colorless money for software and IT programs. The House's version of the defense spending bill includes permission for 12 of the pilots in 2022, up from nine this year. Under those pilot programs, program managers are given access to two-year money that's not segregated along the traditional funding lines that were developed for military hardware. In its budget for 2022, the Department of the Air Force asked for three pilot programs, including two that would leverage the colorless money concept for the first time. General Arnold Bunch, the commander of Air Force Materiel Command, says it's a game changer. You no longer have sustainment, development, and procurement money. Anyone that does software, if you can show me where the line is between sustainment, development, and production, and procurement, particularly in an agile, secure DevOps environment where we are moving, Please come and explain it to me later because I can't find the line. Okay? So that is a great authority that Congress has given us to be able to not have to go back and reprogram, to take the money that is there to be able to use it where we need to. For the Air Force, House appropriators approved the use of pilots for a suite of software applications called the Strategic Mission Planning and Execution System, the Defense Enterprise Accounting and Management System, or DEEMS, and the Space Force's Kobayashi Maru Project, which was also part of the first year of colorless money pilot programs. The fact that appropriators were willing to add new systems to the process this year appears to indicate they've seen no significant problems so far. But Bunch says the trust lawmakers have shown could be easy to lose if program managers aren't careful. Congress has given us an authority we did not have. We need to immediately go forward if we have a problem. We cannot wait and try to hide it. If we have somebody that tries to hide it as leaders, we got to schwack them. This is a trust issue. We've got to get them access. We've got to communicate what we're doing. And then the other part that we've got to do, as soon as we have a success with it, we got to trumpet it. we got to raise it up so the chief and the secretary know what it is. But the House bill also shows appropriators are still approaching the colorless money pilots with a certain degree of caution. They rejected what was DOD's largest request for a pilot this year, the Navy's NGEN program. The Navy had proposed moving its entire next-generation enterprise network into the new software appropriation for 2022. At $955 million in 2022 spending, it would have been the biggest software and digital technology pilot by far. Jane Rathbun is the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Navy for Information Warfare and Enterprise Services. The size of the NGEN budget surprised the Hill, um, being that um, they weren't thinking pilots would be that size. Um, But really, the BAO-8 pilot and the whole concept of single color of money throughout the life cycle of IT and software management was because it doesn't behave like a weapon system. It is not a waterfall activity. It is continuous innovation, continuous delivery. You can't be, and I've been, I've been working this for many years, this particular single appropriation concept. I've talked to 100 people who 
uh, spend six months deciding with their lawyers whether or not they can use procurement or O&M for things. I mean, that slows us down. And so the motivation for and the interest in putting not just uh, Engine, but also another large business systems program was to give them the agility to move at the pace that they wanted to, to move without uh, having to think about, can I use RDT and $80? Can I use procurement? Can I use O&M? Uh, and so that would be a culture shift for the entire Department of Defense to really enable a DevSecOps culture. Another big culture change for both appropriators and for DoD acquisition managers would be to start allocating funds not just with colorless money, but by portfolio rather than by individual program. The department had proposed a pilot approach to test that concept too, but lawmakers haven't yet embraced it. Lieutenant General Duke Richardson is the top military official in the office of the Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition, Technology, and Logistics. Let's say you just took air dominance, and you took all the air dominance programs and you put them together, and then we had uh, reporting mechanisms back to Congress who were very transparent. If we have a program that has a, um, a spectacular learning event, kind of stumbles a little bit, and we have to re- we've got programs like that. I mean, most programs are in that condition. It would be nice if we could very quickly pivot that money to something else that's waiting and ready to go. That would be flexibility. I think we could put in mechanisms that would allow us to report that, that change, but at least it would stay inside that same missionary, and it could even stay inside the same color. So it's inside the same subcommittee of Congress. I would love to be able to explore that because I think when it comes to funding, we, we do want flexibility like I just described. We also want We want it on time, and we want to know what's coming at us so that we're not constantly in a replant. But Bunch says getting Congress's assent for that kind of flexibility comes back to trust, another reason to make sure the software color of money pilots stay scandal-free. So for those organizations that have that authority to use the BA08 authorities and you got the colorless money, radical transparency. Please, we have got to do this right so that we can expand this out later on. Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio part of the Federal News Network. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, And in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's chief of legislative affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. 
How would you describe your leadership style and how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Um, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up. Uh, make decisions. Uh, do what you think is right. And you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy, and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy, and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. 
It's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, And I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And and, uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, During my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally and, agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler, and everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 